This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. Podcast with funny man Damian Lemon and the voice of your choice, Ali Muhammad. Yo, this is In the Conversation, and I am the voice of your choice, Ali Muhammad. And as you can tell by me leading the way on this intro, that Damian is out on the road getting <laughs> to the bag. But we do have guests today. Um, I'm going to let her introduce herself because I will definitely, I, even though I, I practice her name, I'm going to say it. You know Go saying? ahead. We have one of my young gunners here, you know what I'm saying, who uh, manages music artists, is young in the city, doing a thing in the industry, and uh, it's a lot lot going on in the industry this week, and a lot going on in youth culture this week, so yeah. I needed to bring some youth into the building. Oh, he called me youthful. Ah, <laughs> I feel so happy. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we got Mareb in the building hey, today. Hey, he did it right. I practiced <laughs> Roll the I practiced, R. I, yes. it. I know what I'm doing up there. Yes, this is Mareb, uh, ambitious Mareb on IG, um, M-E-R-E-B. Um, if you don't know how to spell ambitious, just let Siri guide you. Um, no doubt. Yeah, so I'm happy to be here. Thanks for calling me up. No doubt. Thanks for coming through. Hey. What's happening out here in the young world? There's a lot going on. I don't know, man. Like, the week, it's just, it's a Tuesday, and there's a lot happening. I'm, like, in a funky mood. XXX <laughs> Tentacion is gone. You know, uh, Jimmy Wapo mm-hmm. is another one. It's, like, it's just sad to see young black men getting gunned down in their hood, like, where you're right. from, in your city. Right. Now, XX. How you say it? XXX Tentacion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I have a hard time with <laughs> Just that. Just call then. X for now. Yeah, I X, know. X. Don't get it confused for DMX. No, no, no. I got it. <laughs> X. Now, I, you know, I, I've only seen him in bits and pieces because, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm out of the range a little bit. Um, I saw the video that he did, you know, that had all the controversy and then, uh, you know, a couple of little beefs here and there back and forth with whoever and whatever in the young rap scenario. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> who was he to you? Man, it was crazy because while, like, all this music was dropping last week, I was at home. You know, I heard heard of him before, and um, he got my attention with his music video where, in the video, he hangs. He has a little black boy and a little white boy on mm-hmm. stage together, and he puts a noose around the white boy mm-hmm. and then hangs the little white boy, and the little black boy was watching the little white boy. Uh, little black boys watching little white boy get hung. Right, that's the one that had all the controversy. Yeah. Right. Um, not only that, he had beef with other rappers like Drake and everything like that. He shaved his eyebrows off, was, and you know he got knocked out on stage. He was like known for like punching his fans and stuff, and notoriously. So somebody like, knocked him out. Knocked him out yeah. on his own stage. Yeah. Yeah. That's very disrespectful. Yeah, but like Who that's is the security. You know, I don't know, but. Then again, like he was, he's also like fighting with his own fans. Um, but I think that comes with the territory. Like he's the type of person to jump in the crowd. Um, you know, just like he has like a like a, a metal rock type of vibe too. Mm-hmm. But he has like an array of like music. The, what he does is just it's just it's unique for for now for what's considered you know 
pop, you yeah. know? Um, so, yeah. So, and amongst that, like, you know, he was in trouble for, like, beating his pregnant girlfriend and stuff like that. But That's for me, but for me, you know, I heard his music and I, like, I liked the vibe it put me in. And I was just like, he sounds different than everyone else, which is refreshing. And... I was at home working, playing, like, his music just randomly came on. I'm like, oh, man, I love this. You know, I just started listening to it. And then next thing you know, he's shot. And then there's all these images of him, you know, in his car. And it's kind of sad that you there's, like, multiple images, like, different angles and zoom-ins. I'm like, what is going on? Like people who are taping the incident? Yo, callous people just sitting there, like, zooming in, snapping. And then have, have the nerve to also add, add like, a, uh, you know, like, a little description, X shot like what damn yeah it's like that's just the type they, of generation they world star his death they world star his death bro and i think that's like we have to kind of find like a fine line between like watching somebody get into like a fight and getting knocked out that's one thing that's what like how world star originated <laughs> now it's just like people are incriminating themselves on you know on on instagram on world star and all that right. stuff so I mean, it's just kind of sad, but you kind of see the effect that he had on people. A lot of young people are, like, really devastated because he helped people with, like, um, you know, suicidal thoughts, helping people with clinical depression. There's a know. lot of that going on in the music these days. But with young people, too, which right. is kind of, it makes it makes me wonder, like, what what's what's really, what's wrong? Hey, you're taking all these drugs. Is you know, it, don't you read the side effects of these drugs? <laughs> could well, cause suicidal thoughts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, they say that on a commercial. It could be. It's drugs, but it's also a lot of pressure because I think even with social media, you have this pressure to like be like the next person that's actually like, it's just flashing. You know, they could be flashing something that doesn't really belong to them. They could, they could be stunning. Right. I mean, it was always been stunting. You know, people have been stunting but ever since been I was doing, around. You know, and you had to find a way to deal with you, deal with it. You had to figure out your lane and stick in it and stay with it. Yeah, but I think more people are are, are vocal and more aware with anxiety and uh, just right. mental illness. Mm -hmm. So now they're like speaking up about it because right. drugs has always been here. You know, even the harder stuff, right. crack, yeah, <laughs> heroin. Right, but crack side effects was like <laughs> work harder. No. Get, get more money, buy more crack. Oh That's like God. the side effects of crack. <laughs> God, man. Side effects are like, uh, what's that? Zannies and all that shit is, you know. It, like lean and stuff? Yeah, that's, yeah. It's, it's, it's different. It's a depressant. Yeah, like those opioid drugs have different types of side effects, like those pills and shit like that. Yeah, you know? it makes no sense. But, you know, I, I, you know, I can't say that that's the reason for the season. I'm just saying maybe that's a thought. Maybe we should choose our drugs better. Choose our maybe no. Don't do drugs, guys. Don't don't. Do, <laughs> he's like, hey, yeah. Uh, instead of doing crack, do meth. <laughs> no, nah, that got that the teeth fall out with meth. Yeah, yeah. It ages ages you by decades. What is that, by the way? Because I feel like there's categories for drugs, right? There's like there's like crack is like more for like black people. And then white people do crack too. Coke. No, for the majority, because it was. No, it's just we just because you live around more drug. black people that know. I think meth is. Uh, we have some white people in the room, right? Is meth more of a white drug? They they they, are, they don't know. Um. Yeah, <laughs> you, you think meth? You think white trash? Definitely. <laughs> but you know any? People I think Breaking who Bad. Crack. I think Breaking Bad. <laughs> do you think I know anyone who smokes meth? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. 
I'm just saying. I'm just saying. One episode I, of Breaking Bad turned me out, guys. I, I come from the suburbs. If anything, it was uh, it was a pill addiction turned into heroin, not meth. Right, heroin. Right. Oh man. Yeah, okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, guys, don't do drugs. Don't do it. And and you know, if you have suicidal thoughts, go go seek help. No doubt. <laughs> so what else is going on in your world? Nothing. Chilling. I have, um, you know, I manage artists, so uh, they have projects coming out uh, in July. Uh, MooseMatos.com. MooseMatos. Okay, yep. who is that? He is an amazing artist from Philadelphia. Um, you know, he's Eritrean. I've known him for years, and we've been friends for years, and his music actually is really, really, really good. Like, I I was a fan of his music, or I wouldn't be managing him, but... Um, he has like a lot of plays on SoundCloud, like almost two million plays collectively for like eight songs. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's been he landed on some playlists. Um, go check him out. He Moose a rapper Matos. or a singer? Um, he does like um he does kind of like both, but we're going more so like the R and B route this time because okay. you know we've noticed number wise that's what the fans like. Oh, and they so like his singing. They like yeah, they like the vibey stuff. So is his wave? What is his wave like? How's it? What, what type of stuff is it? What's the beat like? Uh, if you think more like, like you know, like the Bryson Tillett, like just a mm. slow, cool, you know, if you're with your boo, you want to kick it and still feel like the man. Like he still, he has records for men and women. You know what I mean? A lot of it is kind of like heartbreak, but it's like, fuck you, I'm the man. Can we curse? Yes. Okay. I curse all the time. <laughs> I'm trying to stop cursing. Well, good luck. I, mean, I know. It's hard. <laughs> New York. Um, yeah, so Moose Matos has some stuff coming out. Moose Matos, and he's Eritrean, which is over there by Ethiopia. Yeah, right above that's, it. That's what you are, too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my foreheads. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and also, uh, Doc Cromwell, he is an amazing, amazing rapper, uh, writer. You know, he's landed on um, Jadena's Last project, the, the Boomerang project, uh, mm-hmm. on a song with Wale and Jadena. Um, you know, and he has like some writing credits uh, on the Let Out with Jadena and Quavo. So he has some amazing music coming out. I'm kind of proud of I'm so proud of him because he's come a long way as well. He's from Philadelphia. Um, you know, so one of my best friends. Philly and Africans. Listen, <laughs> we got to stick together. <laughs> no doubt. Foreheads and uh, eagles, I guess. No I don't doubt. know what the hell it all is. But the African wave is what it is right now. Is it's it? Most moose. What's the name? We've always been the wave. Most, most what? Moose Matos? Moose Matos. <laughs> moose, <laughs> moose, moose, moose. <laughs> moose Matos. Yep. I'm yep. just saying, it, like, right now, that Afro beat wave is tough. Like, it's summer. Yeah. And it is, you know what I'm saying? It's going down. Uh, you know. The uh, a lot of African DJs are in effect. Uh, Davido is popping all over the world, and the African wave is in full effect. Like, right? Are you guys tapping into that at all, or are you just no? Just, why not? You're not um, tapping into your roots. No, it's well. You know what's crazy? Like the east side of Africa. <laughs> We're gonna make a west west east side type thing. So the east side of Africa is more. Um, it doesn't have that that which you would call like, you know, that island vibe that, you know, it's, it all stems from West Africa, but mm-hmm. we don't, that's not typically what, you know, the music we have. We have like the boring stuff. That's not boring. I like, I like, we um, had the doom. 
Do doom. We just dance in a circle. It's nah, really like drums. Nah, don't don't be disrespecting the East <laughs> Africans like that. I, that I I like the I like the stuff from the um the old Ethiopics. Uh, the jazz. The jazz. What is the, the jazz soul? Is they lit. got the soul. They got the uh, even in my head. Uh, my theme music sounds like '60s Ethiopian music. You, oh, I'm so happy you know that. That's in my head. That's what I sound with like. With the yeah, with the saxophone playing. Yeah, yeah, we do have a lot of that too. But you know, it no sounds real Indian. Like it should be going side to side, charming a snake or some shit. It's they literally took whatever was popping in the '60s and tried to freak it a little bit and just added some jazz. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just kind of cool. They were trying to. It's a third world country trying to modernize music, but it it was. Then we still listen to that type of stuff, you know, and we'll dance to it and have fun. But a lot of it, you know, we don't have a lot of hip hip movement. We have more shoulder movement, so it's not as fun as you know, well, Afrobeats. Afrobeat, I guess West African got that, you know, they got that up and down. They got, yeah, they got the swag when they dance. That East African is kind of side to side, like Indian, like <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, but I like it. I fucks with it. Yeah, y'all should tap into it. That's a wave. You think so? Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> He's like, give me my credit. <laughs> no, I don't even. I want to be on. I want to help produce it. Yeah, okay. You Wait, you I produce mean? music? When I want to. When you <laughs> do, you know how to produce music? That's a better question. I have. You have? Yeah, I have. I have produced music. When? In the nineties. <laughs> He's like, yo. But but that's why it gets back too. So I might be time for a comeback. What kind of? So what kind, if you would infuse the jazz? Uh, the, the Ethiopian East, jazz. Uh-huh. To, what would you infuse that with? Um, it depends. I, I it depends on the track. Like right now, I would I would um put it with some nice eight oh eights, of course. Eight oh eights are the way to go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But definitely hit them with some eight oh eights with the little off beats. You know what I mean? But something that you could dance to, and something that um when we shoot that video and we have all the foreheads in there, it's looking real beautiful. You know what I mean? That, you know, had that <laughs> old, that's that old original DNA looking like real beautiful original we, DNA. We look like my emoji is the alien emoji. Anytime I'm just like, it's just it is what it is. Call it spade a spade. My eyes are huge. My forehead is out here. I'm like, look yeah, at this. That's the, that's look at what, it. That's I what, look like the emoji. It's original DNA. Like that's what y'all. From Shout out to Lucy. The cradle all the goddamn. She's like three point five million years old or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's your auntie. She's my auntie. Yeah, she's uh, our auntie. She's everyone's auntie. No doubt. All the DNA traces <clears> to her. I'm just saying. What's up? Have I'm you ever? Saying. Would you ever do like um, African ancestry? They have like two. They have. I haven't done it yet, but would I, you? I mean, I might. My sister did it, so I felt like I seen mine. They, yeah, they usually say if if they do it from like. I guess the mother's side, it kind of like does the whole family. So pretty much you got, you already know. If she, you got it from her, you you know. Yeah, I saw my sister, so it was like, okay. What cool, did it cool. say? I don't remember. <gasps> I don't remember. It was a while ago. I need to do it, I guess, maybe. It's like that in series is like in the same ballpark with me. Why? You already know too much shit. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You need my spit, too? Good God, you got my fingerprint, my facial recognition. You, oh, you need to no. know my bloodline too. Yo, that scares me. I don't have my finger, uh, yeah, you my sh- fingerprint on my phone. You do you sh- if you press that button. I mean, I, I think I think they do like low key, but I mean, if I you didn't, press the I didn't button, opt for that. They know your fingerprint. We got it set up, bro. Yeah, I mean, I'm just finger. saying. That's cool. I'm not trying to commit crimes anyway. No doubt. So Christian. anyway, we're gonna make some we're gonna make some East African Afrobeat. Some kind of way. 
with with some of your artists. Man, with some like hard pro- like with some producer. guitar, like electric guitar to it. You know what I'm saying? Spice it up a bit. As long as it don't go too much. We don't want to <laughs> go too rocky. Why? Because that had a wave already. <laughs> that's, that's old. What year was that? I don't know. <laughs> it passed. Whatever. It came, it went. It didn't stick. Who would be an artist to like bring that to the forefront though? Because there has to be someone that could catapult that. Like, because it always sounds like you're trying, like you're trying to be like, you know, when you as soon as you put the the round in it, it sounds like you're trying to be Aerosmith in them. Run DMC did it. But that was, but that's still people still play that record now. I know. So that but works. They didn't make it now. They not no. making it. They not making it now. I mean, I guess you can. I ain't gonna shit on the, the electric guitar. I'm just saying <laughs> that what I was thinking was some original instruments that we ain't really been accustomed to, mm-hmm. and then putting that in the mix to where it's like, oh shit, that's it. Sounds like something just new and refreshing because you never heard it on this type of style. You know, the weekend like it, he infused a little bit of his culture, his Ethiopian culture, into um, that last song with Kendrick. It was on the Black Panther's soundtrack. Uh-huh. And at the end of it, you know, well, throughout it, you know, you hear that la, 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 that part made us foreheads proud. No doubt. See? Made us, it made See, us proud. You gotta, you know? you gotta, you he gotta, gave us a to, little bit. You have to put it to the forefront because you have a people, you have people that will recognize it. Right. And well, it's not the same people that's just always in the mix. Well, I mean, now people, like, for a long time, no one knew what Eritrea was. So... We will always have to say, oh, you know, like Ethiopia, like, you know, right, right next, right to, each next other. to each other. And and now it's kind of interesting to see like Tiffany Haddish, you know, like pop up and she's like, yeah, I'm a little Eritrean, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and it's cool because we're like, oh, we got one. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it's like when you be like, Bronx, where you at? Like anytime no, no. Cardi B be shouting out, like, you know, it's like kind of cool to see that happen. But who knows? Maybe like, maybe some you know musically moose might find some inspiration and add that one day but you know artists it's just they got to find the the right he had to find the vibe yeah definitely got to find the vibe Um, what music are you listening to now me i'm listening to i'm listening to interviews right now i'm not even listening to music all that music that dropped last week I haven't even gotten to it. I was shooting all last week. I was in. Well, it's seven songs for like each project. Listen, I heard it. <laughs> I heard it, but I didn't hear it. I listened to the Nas. I rem- okay. I remember the uh, cop shot the kid. Yeah, that's song. a strong record. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But other than that, I didn't really get into it because we were only listening to it between sets. So we like driving here to there and then. So I didn't hear. I knew it came out, but then Jay Z and Beyonce came out. Whoa! But then you know what I'm saying. I didn't hear nothing on there that really stood out. So not not nothing. Not even ape shit. I heard it, but it, like I said, none of none of it really said. Like, oh shit! I got to stop and turn this motherfucker up. <laughs> I think it's more that. I think it was like more for the ladies. I think that whole project is more for for the ladies. Like you know, it brings a story full circle. You get. Lemonade, 444, and then, hey, we back together. Everything is love. That's so nice. Why they um why they dropped on the same time as Nas, though? Bruh. I mean, how'd you feel about that as a youngster? I mean, as a youngster. Oh, my God, he said it twice. Okay. Um, I honestly think, um, you know, it's just smart. They're on tour. So, you know, a lot of 
the stuff they're doing on the run two is more it's similar to on the run the first one but um i think i think them releasing <laughs> i think them releasing this um this project it kind of it's going to help them boost sales it's going to help them um get some new content on the stage um more money uh for the family and it it makes sense for the story it's it, you, I mean, the the on the run was pretty much. It's but it was right before what? It was right before Lemonade, right? Yeah, I think it was right before Lemonade. Um, but anyway, I I just think that their project is dope. Um, it's more for me. It's more like a Beyonce fan club thing. I was just like, cause I was quick to be like, Beyonce dropped out. <laughs> right. You know. Um, this guy who's this guy talking and rapping i mean it's smart but they had a lot of great producers on there um but what about the timing what timing, about what about dropping wise, it in the midst of kanye's you know how many weeks he's dropping records? i know i just feel bad for nas because the conversation that me and dot had was everyone was talking shit about nas not having great production Great lyricist, but not having great production. And now that you have Kanye, you're like, oh, this better be hard, you know? And Kanye's been consistent with so so far with everything he's dropped with production. Um, so when he dropped it, every, everyone loved it. I loved it. My favorite songs, you know, I love Bonjour right now. Like, that's what I'm listening to heavy. Mm -hmm. And there's one with The Dream that he has. I mean, he has two, but there's one with Kanye and The Dream that he has. And I, I really like that record. But, um, you know... I kind of was just like, hmm, it's interesting, timing-wise. Yeah, but... I, it, he didn't have a full... I mean, he didn't have a full day, like, on all streaming services, so I kind of felt bad, but he's... I think he's good. He's rich. He, it's, it's whatever. He still can go on tour. Yeah, That's people, all that matters. People are going to listen to it. It's not like you're going to not listen to it because they drop. But you got to look at it. Okay? Kanye and Jay haven't been the best of friends as of late. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z and Nas have a long, long-standing feud of sorts that they claim to have patched up. But once you're ethered, I mean, you, that you came can't into mind really too. I be friends. Yeah, I wondered about <laughs> so, that. So strategy-wise, you know what I'm saying, if, if you wanted to take a little shot at the two of them getting together auspiciously... <laughs> Then just, you would drop Jay-Z and Beyonce on the same weekend. If anything, I don't think it was any disrespect to Nas. Maybe it it was planned, you know, it was if any out of this is the thing. They don't make they don't really make money unless you're Jay and Beyonce. I don't think you make money off of album sales anymore. So it doesn't really matter. Streaming services, who cares? You, they're they're all loaded. Like Nas is loaded. He doesn't need anything. He has investments in tech. He's just like, I'm gonna do this for fun. I'm gonna drop some I heat. I doubt he's doing it for fun. I like if and if he goes on tour, that'll be cool. But like he, he's yeah, still Nas. He can do whatever he wants. Business money is cool. It's not gonna hurt any. No one got hurt. Right. Business money is cool. But egos. But that maybe. shit don't come every week. You know what I'm saying? That shit might come quarterly. Then it's gonna be taxed and looked at real heavy. That tour bag is, you know. Yeah. Straight from the promoter in your hand. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think Nas is really looking for that. I'm sure I think he he's is. Just, he's just an artist. He's just a rapper. Like he's now like these kids nowadays. They care about that. They care about the streams. They they care about the, you know, the accolades and attention and all that stuff. 
I think Nas cares about that bag at, during them shows. Yeah, so but he, he got well, bills to pay too. But he'll be good. I think he'll he's he's gonna go on tour. He's probably gonna headline festivals next year. Right. He'll be fine. No doubt, he's gonna be great. Unless you know he gets on a festival this year, which would be fire. But he probably will. He, hey, you drop a record to get out there and get to the bag. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, my ears are happy. I got mad stuff to listen to on the train. My my ride to Flatbush is okay. <laughs> That's how pretty much I've been like going through like music that way. Shoot, coming up here, I was listening to Nas. So, <clears throat> in your life, yes, you have been uh, an interviewer for Vlad TV. Yes, and you interviewed lots of people. So, yes, you have lots of you met lots of new artists coming along the way. Yep. When you were doing that type of work, like what was the most exciting part of that job? Um, the most exciting part about being like a celebrity interviewer mm-hmm. um, pretty much was just like getting to meet some of some of the people I grew up listen, listening to and then also meeting and talking to people before like they took off, which right. is, you know, people are like, oh, you interviewed Cardi B? And I'm like, she's cool. This is before the T, this is before everything, right? And, you know, her manager was like, yo, can you please premiere her music, though? Like, if you're going to do this interview, I'm like, cool. But I think that interview alone got me, like, three, almost three million, three million views mm-hmm. on YouTube. Well, it got, you know, Vlad. But, right. But, but the, everybody hears your voice in the back. Right. Yeah. But, you know, everyone's like, after talking to me, because you never see my face, and after, talk, like, conversing with me, they're like, oh, 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 your voice sounds familiar. Where, like, that's, is, are you... An, and I'm like, yeah, that's me. I think, like, you know, it's just like one of those weird things. But seeing stuff like that happen and me being a part of that, right. that makes me feel really good. Meeting um, Keith Sweat was another big one. Keith Sweat. Nobody. What, 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 what about <laughs> Keith Sweat? How do you even I know was, about Keith Sweat? What? Growing up listening to Keith Sweat had made me like, you know, it's just the 90s. You didn't like we didn't have cable. So we had the radio. And then, you know, we would just sit and chill outside. And Philly was like a big, it's like a big R&B town. Like, and, you know, and hip hop. So cookouts and stuff, you would play all the R&B hits and then l- sprinkle some rap in there, you know? Mm-hmm. So the, so you was down with Keep Sweat? Man, he was fired. Him in total. Like everyone, really. Like I have a crazy story about Keep Sweat. What, Tay? No, it's not, it's not a personal story about Keep Sweat, but just the effect... On a, on a young person, like mm-hmm. <clears throat> my son was playing AAU basketball, <laughs> and um, we were at the the nationals, the national tournament, mm-hmm. and he had a player on his squad. His name is Shaquest, and Shaquest was like Jordan on the team. He was like he had all the style. He had all of, he he was he was good. He was really good. He's from Marcy Projects, and he was he was killing them, and um. We got to to Virginia, so the tournament is in Hampton, Hampton, Virginia at Boo Williams Complex. So we're there, we're there for a few days, and we were in Waffle House, and Shaquest is at the jukebox because mm-hmm. they had like a jukebox in the Waffle House, and he he's he put a whole twenty dollar bill in the jukebox, and he's you know over there playing Keep Sweat. And I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? Out of all the shit that's on the jukebox that you could play, here's a he's 12 years old at the time playing Keith Sweat. 
And I was like, what you know about Key Sweat? And then, and he turned like when it was on. This this what made me ask him about it because when he turned it on, like he's like a he, he a, a little wild kid, like you know what I'm saying. Like he, you know, he he always you know fucking with somebody, just doing something. But when Keith Sweat was on, he was just like in trance, like like he was a whole nother person. And I was like, what what you even know about Keith Sweat? He was like. My grandma be playing Key Sweat. <laughs> I love Key Sweat. My grandma play. So it, it just kind of like, I think he was feeling kind of anxious because we were out of New York. We were out of Brooklyn. We were just in a strange place. And Keith Sweat made him feel At like ease. home. Like mm-hmm. he, he turned into a whole another person. Like I, he wasn't the kid that, you know, that he was. Right. So that's my, I guess Keith Sweat taps the youth. <laughs> It's it's just crazy because it's just, as a child you hear you know people playing but then you're like oh you get to meet them. What did you like, talk about with Keith Sweat? God, what did I talk about with him? Um, talked about his career. You know he worked at he he worked um, on Wall Street before like breaking out. Like he's from Harlem, worked on Wall Street. Then he's like tried this music thing and it worked out for him, which. Now he's still doing stuff, right. you know? Like, I think the last thing he was working on uh, doing a project with, what's his name? Oh, 21 Savage. Keith Sweat and 21 Savage. Yeah, they talked about doing, I don't know if they ever, like, released anything, but 21. Keith, look at Keith Sweat tapping yeah. in. Man, he's still doing, he's doing tours. He talked about his, crazy, his craziest uh, groupie experiences because gr- groupies back then, it's kind of interesting to talk about them because they're like, they're like our aunties and moms now. You know grandmas, what I'm saying? Grandmoms, grandmas now. Shit, nah. Whoa. Groupie, even groupies. Well, nah. I can, even some of the women you know now are grandmas. Yo, from I, this era. There's like VHS tapes, like uh, you know, on um YouTube from like Freak Nick and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, yo, someone's mom is like popping her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mom, grandma. <laughs> like that's so embarrassing. I would wow. die. I would die. You gonna be old one day? Oh my god, my kids are gonna be so embarrassed. Yeah, and you gonna be look, grandma? That's you. I said, yeah. hey. ah, <laughs> shit, I still got. It. I don't know what fuck you talking about. Shit. Yo, yo. Put on that key sweat. Shoot, <laughs> man. Who else? I like. I interviewed. Uh, you know my. The, the, I know I don't get nervous like talking to celebrities or, you know, interviewing them. The one person that got me super nervous was Joe. Joe, Joe, the singer. Joe, the singer. From Columbus, Georgia. Is he from Columbus? Yeah, he is from Columbus, Georgia. That's so weird. Why um, is that weird? Because I just remember that. It was, yeah. I've been to Columbus, Georgia, too. For what? Um, my ex lived on a military base out there. Yeah, before it been in. Yep, yep. Yeah. So he was he was talking about um, like just doing that. like, And then he asked me, he's like, what's your favorite song? And I named none of his like hits. I was just like, that song. And then, you know, and he's like shocked. He's like, oh, so you really like my I'm like, yeah. He's like, how old are you? And I told him, I'm not telling y'all. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, what in the, he's like, wow. He's like, sometimes I forget like how, like how music really impacts people. And he told me about his experience. He, he did a record with Mariah, but like, he talked about like just you know vibing with her and all that other stuff. It was it's kind of cool, no doubt. You know, but I think I that I still have video where I was trying to take a picture of him and my hands were shaking. Oh, why, yo? I was I'm like, why am I so nervous? Yeah, that was a bucket list. That was Joe was the bucket list. Joe- Who else is on that bucket <laughs> list? Oh, uh, um, this is very interesting because the youth. Go ahead. It okay? So before, I was at. Vlad 
when Prince died. So, but Prince was like, I always wanted to see him perform and, and always wanted to talk to him. I feel like he would have dropped some gems. It would have been more of a like intellectual conversation because he he was always schooling us and telling us about owning your masters and just, you know, owning everything that you worked hard for. And, and you know, eventually he did. And then he passed away and then his family sells, you know, yeah. it, that's like. It would it would have been like one of the dope. I think just talking to him would have been like, "Yo, Uncle Prince," <laughs> like you know what I'm saying, Fairy Godfather Prince. Like, yeah. well, you know, uh, <laughs> that, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> no, nah, it's a wrap. Um, I don't know who else would be a great conversation. I feel like uh, I, that's it's just interesting how it's a particular age group of kids, like right around your age group, mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> Even though they're young and they do they do young people stuff, mm-hmm. but they vibe and a lot of their inspiration are like older, way older than it should be. Like you saying Joe and keep sweat, like that shouldn't even be. You should just be talking about motherfucking um, Bryson Tiller and no, and all them guys. I love wisdom. I love like talking to someone that's been through some stuff. Like I want to talk to Lauren Hill. I want to know. Like why? Why'd you leave us? You know, and she would she say, "Shit happen." Yeah, I mean, life happens. You're young, you are on fire, and then labels are like wanting more, more, more. Your your life is like collapsing. Girl, you know, I had to get away from that shit. <laughs> I had babies. I had things to do. She was so I had rebellious. Money. They couldn't tell me a thing. They wanted me to do what they wanted me to do, and I wanted to do what I wanted to do, which is raise my family. But you know what's crazy? People were clowning her. Um, well, you know, the people around me, because I, social media wasn't out there, so we could I can't say, like, everyone. But people were just, like, coming at her to talk about some. She sound hoarse on that lo- um, unplugged session, and she was horrible. And, you know, Lauren, t- you know, talked about she liked the way her voice sounded. You know, like, it just, it, it was something heartfelt. And from that, Kanye, you know, got, an, you know, he got a little bit, a bit for All Falls Down, you know? Right. But um, just... She might have, she might be able to talk to the kids now and and tell them about like you know just where your mental is. Right, and I I think it starts with her music. It starts with that album that she's touring with right now. It, it starts with people like Drake and and um and Cardi B sampling her music mm-hmm. and introducing this generation to some of that wisdom and some of that sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I think people tap into it, but I think you just might be like an old soul type of person. Me? Mm-hmm. Because the people here on this podcast, they know you as from the grandma level fried chicken. Fried chicken, <laughs> yeah. So, hi, I met I met Madab at a house party, and <clears throat> it was you know young the young people. DJ Clean had me over there with, yeah. the, with the young hey, people, clean. and um. Walk in, you know what I'm saying, and she's in there making fried chicken. And to myself, I'm like, ha, ha, listen, dude, look, that's cute. That's cute. Look at that. You're trying to cook. Oh, look at the young people trying to nourish themselves. You know what I'm saying? And then, so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm drinking my beer, minding my business and shit. So the chicken comes out. And then, you know, first thing you notice is that the chicken got a good glow to it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's got a good complexion. You know what I'm saying? Not a lot of brown spots on it and shit. It looked real smooth and even. I'm like, okay. 
You know what I'm saying? She had her temperature right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she did her flips together. Okay. Right. Then I ate it. I tasted the chicken. And the shit was on grandma level taste and flavor. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. Like how how did how does someone so little and young make this this fried chicken that's that tastes like Big Mama? I'm trying to tell you, it's Philly. It's Philly. That's what it is. I swear. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, tell us. Let's, I'm this tell is the, the legend of the grandma level it's fried Philly. chicken. Philly. So basically, I learned how to make that fried chicken from uh, my ex boyfriend's mom. You know, she taught me how to pretty much make soul food. So you know, I would be over there and like she would always cook and have Sunday wait, dinners wait, wait, before you start. So what kind of food y'all ate? In the Eritrean house. Italian, uh, Eritrean food, like a lot of like pasta. My mom would make homemade soup and stuff like that. Like, you know, stuff like that. Because um, the Italians was real entrenched in the Ethiopian yeah, situation. Yeah, we were colonized by them. Uh, yeah. My dad like knew a little bit of Italian. Yeah. Right. But, yeah, so I learned how to cook from um, from my ex's mom. And, and you know, she, it's just trial and error, trial and error. And then at some point you just... I don't know. I just got good at it, but um, I, Philly, you call me an old soul. So, it's because people take you to church. Everyone out there goes to church. You you have Sunday dinners. You have um, you know, a lot of you hear Jasmine Sullivan sing, right? She sings like a grown ass woman, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of soul singers. This is why, like, I love R and B music yeah, so Philly much. Philly soul, y'all had your soul. own type of soul. Hell yeah. Like, you would go to Larry Gold's studio and record. Like, a lot of people come to Philly to record. Um, it's just, it was a great time. Like, that Neil Soul era was such a great time. So, ex-boyfriend's mama. Yeah. Said, look here. This, this is how you fry chicken. And what'd she tell you? And make some, yeah, she, uh... Wait, am I giving like ingredients out now? Like, I mean, yeah, well, however, you know, you know you we, just, this you, is what we do. We kind of like, like a food, you know? it's like a food podcast you, too you, sometimes. You got, the, you got to have the Lowry's. Lowry's, of course. Got to. Lowry's. Pepper. Now um, you shake yours in a bag. Do you see, wait, do you season your flour or do you season your chicken? No, don't season your flour. Season your chicken. You're, if you season the flour, it gets lost, like dry. So you season the chicken. Um, Saison, uh, but the chicken kind, mm-hmm. I use that. I use pepper. I use um, a little bit of garlic salt um, and Larry's for sure. And then get that right. And then you, uh, you dip it in the flour. And, and the fire, yo, your oil has to be really hot. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you have to like just wait a little bit before you put it in there and just pay attention to it. So you got to get your temperature right. Yeah. But I mean, if, if you're too lazy and you got shit to do, like just get a deep fryer. But we ain't talking about lazy people. <laughs> we talking about people who are in the conversation, who taking an hour out day day and listening to this shit. So these ain't lazy people. These people who are on top of their business. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We not giving out lazy tips. Right, right. We giving out real, uh, you know, this is get to the meat of the matter. Yeah, I mean, there's people, there's some people that make your their fried chicken with like egg, egg white, um, mm-hmm. not egg white, it's just like the eggs, you know, and they put the egg on chicken so the, the yeah, flour so it's stick. Like crunch, yeah, it's thicker and, and it's crunchier, I guess, depending. Mm-hmm. But I don't like that. My mom used to make it like that, and it's just not my thing. I kind of, it kind of was kind of dry. I think that makes it a little dry. But um, it, it, it makes the um, the flour a little more thick, and you know, it's just kind of stuck on there, kind of like. Um, I forgot who made their chicken like that, like Roy Rogers or some shit like that. Oh, they. 
disgusting. With the with the thick with the thick flour on top of the chicken, you could basically peel all of the flour off the chicken, and it still just had a skin under the under the. The flour. last time I was at Roy Rogers was going to Maryland, or like going to DC. You stopped at Maryland House, and they had a Roy Rogers in it. <laughs> like never go there. Yeah, but but yours was on point. And you, I appreciate you that. Thank it. you. But you know what I'm saying? But at such a at such a young age, <laughs> you know. That's three the, times. The, 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 the thing that was that was funny to me was that, you know, you were like big mama cooking for the whole tribe. Yeah, that's what you I know what yeah. I'm saying? Like how you get to be young big mama. You know, just my mom just raised me like that because anytime we had guests come over, I'm the oldest. So in our culture, it's just like especially being a female, like when you have guests, you have to like greet them, offer them something to drink, something to eat. And, you know, and in our culture, like if they say they're not hungry, they're, they're definitely hungry. So you just got to get something like ready for them and, and feed them. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, like just from doing that and I, and my tribe, you know, my collective, um, I really care about them. So, you know, aviate it, shout out to aviate it. Um, I care about them. So, you know, and they they also show the same same type of love back. It's just not one way. So whenever we can, we always like feed the whole family. I never cook for myself. I cook for the whole house. Mm. That's just how we do. We don't be bitching about juice. You know, someone finishing orange juice. Like I I bought a whole thing of orange juice. Never had one drop. I don't care. Like as long as everyone's good. So you big mama. Yeah. But in a little kind body. of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of. But you know. Uh, let's just call me Big Auntie, Aunt, like you know Aunt Shirley or something like that. I'd rather be Aunt Shirley. <laughs> nah, Aunt Shirley don't cook for nobody. Aunt Shirley yeah. got to go to the club. Uh, yeah, y'all, y'all good. Okay, I guess some yeah. sandwich meat in there and some bread. <laughs> Yo, all right, I see y'all tomorrow. I mean, it might see y'all tomorrow. Might see y'all tomorrow <laughs> morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much for them. Yeah, but I got that from my mom, and and it's something that. It makes sense though. I, I would feel like shit if I if someone didn't treat me like that, you know. Right. But you got you got younger sisters. Yeah, I have two sisters. My one sister, we are eleven months apart. We're like Irish twins. Oh, okay. We're the same age for a month. Same mom, same dad. And then uh, the youngest one is twenty. I'm not gonna say because um, she's young. It's <laughs> she, no, she's twenty six. She's fire. She's uh she's in Philly. She's doing her thing. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Nibiet. Um, what you say her name was? Nibiet. Nibiet. Yep. And y'all call her Nibs. I call her Nibby. Nibby. Mm-hmm. She looks she looks older than me. Not like in a bad way. She's just more f- like full figured. Mm-hmm. Like so everyone thinks like I'm the baby because I'm so small. Right. <laughs> but yeah. How many siblings do you have? <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm asking the question. Now I got <laughs> I grew up with two sisters. But then my dad Got married again, so he had four new ones that are, like, around my kids' age. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, like, he has 21, 20, then I have 18. That's lit. Then he has 16, then I have 14, then we both got have 10-year-olds. Wow. So. Happy Father's so Day. So what's that? What's that? <laughs> four plus two is Six. six. Yeah. Wow. All like so. It's you, how many boys and girls? You said two. You so said I two grew up with two sisters. Mm-hmm. One older, one younger. Mm-hmm. Um, then, and then three new brothers and one baby sister. Okay. 
How close so, are you with them? Like, there's like such a big gap. Yeah, but so it's more like you know, it's not like you grew up together, siblings. It's like you know, more like uncle, I, uncle yeah. brother, like uncle brother. You have to like kind of school them, like a father. Yeah, you figure. know, sometimes you know they don't want no schooling. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes <laughs> you know they, you know they 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 have their own ways. So you, mm-hmm. so for me, I. I I say it on the podcast all the time. I don't really deal with kids. I got my kids I deal with, but I don't really the knowledge that I have and the shit that I be talking, you got to you got to have some little heartbreak and some bills before you understand it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, talking to young young people is a challenge for me because the shit I got to say, they ain't ready, they don't want to hear that shit right now. Unless they advance. You know, some kids know what the fuck's going on, but most of them they just being kids, and they don't want to hear that that grown up shit. They they got their own philosophies, and they working through them. I mean, you know that because you've been a kid before, so you had yeah. Your own but thing. see, I was the type of kid. I shut the fuck up and paid <laughs> attention. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was the type of kid that grown people wanted to tell shit to. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I ain't really saying even if I ain't understand it, I don't, I'm not gonna say I ain't understand it. I'm gonna just listen. I'm gonna take it in. You know what I'm saying? I'm the I'm the kid. You know they they you know I saw a lot and they they I was the one they trusted to see a lot. Yeah. Because you know I wasn't gonna say shit. I wasn't gonna you know what I'm saying? I wasn't you know when my dad left the house. You know I'm he left me the gun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I as a kid, but that's I had I was a different kind of kid. No, he actually he left the he left you a gun. Mm-hmm. Somebody come in this house. <laughs> oh my God. Aim for the head. Yo, no way. You knew how to shoot a gun at that age? He taught you how to shoot a gun? Yes. How old were you? About 11. Lit. Not lit. Never had to use it. Not Never lit, had to but use it, lit. But, but at the same time, you know what I'm saying? It was a, Just different, in case, yeah. a different kind of era. You know what I'm saying? That was when people was coming through your window. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's It was a, a it was a wild kind of time. But again... Me, I understood the responsibility. You know what I'm saying? He tell me, like, yo, this ain't no toy. It's real shit. Right. So you understand the responsibility. You understand. And see, I think the thing thing is with kids is that a lot of times you don't understand the responsibility. So everything's a fucking joke. Everything is, you know what I'm saying? I ain't come up like that. Mm -hmm. But that was just me. You know, I had friends who was like that. Like, ah, everything's just a joke. Mm-hmm. But you know when when you see things from the other side and and you kind of see the consequences and you you kind of understand what it is when the cause and effect of different things, then you know you start looking at it different. So I say all that to say that you know a lot of kids don't understand that shit when you're trying to tell them that. So you have to wait till they bump their head. And you know what I'm saying? Hard headed. Then yeah. they then they understand like oh shit life ain't okay, then how the fuck do I navigate this shit? Then this, that's when I come in. Right. Around about 22, 23, you understand? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some kids are a little earlier. You know what I'm saying? I got some nieces that, that understand. My nieces understand. You, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to sugarcoat it and worry if they out here acting a fool. Right. But a lot of kids, you know, you just you have to wait. I bumped heads with my sister one time, my younger sister. How old is she? She's 20 now. Okay. But she uh, came to New York, and and um, 
she stayed with somebody else she knew, which is not a problem. But I didn't know that she was in town. And then um, nobody let me know she was in town. And they live, you know, in Florida. So she in New York. And it was the weekend of this big blizzard, the last big blizzard or whatever. And so they came in town. And, you know, and I heard from my son that she was in town. I'm like, oh, shit, nobody told me. So I called my pops like, yeah, why you ain't telling me that she was in town? Oh, yeah, da, 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 da. I was like, yeah, because if something would happen, who you calling? Who you calling first? Right. You know what I'm saying? You calling me. Right. So you need to, you know what I'm saying, put me up on what's happening. You know what I'm saying? And so, so I guess he told her. And then she came, she, she called me and uh, asked me why I was being petty. <laughs> exactly, and so I, I blacked out. And I was like, "Listen, you got you got a lot of more living and growing." Well, how are you being paid? Because you called her dad. Because she she felt like dad? she felt like I was saying, uh, you know, I was making a big deal because she didn't call or nothing. I don't really care about that. You live your life. I've been plenty of cities and towns and ain't called nobody. But you know what I'm saying? So, whoever was the important person in that place, I wouldn't go to no town. I wouldn't go to my dad's town and not call and not say that I'm coming to town, even if I couldn't see him. It's almost like you're the OG rapper and these little rappers need to check in. Somebody just <laughs> need to check in because last time she was in town, you know, something happened and I really had to take care of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So don't call me to take care of nothing if, if, you've, yeah. if, if, if you're not giving me the heads up. So I was just saying that. Just give me the heads up. I don't, you know. So... When she said I was being petty, I kind of blacked out and told her that, yeah, hey, listen, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got enough growing in you to be telling me about nothing. You know what I'm saying? When when I'm talking, you know I mean, it's just like, you know, you you don't, I don't play them kind of, I, I know it's, I know that's internet talk and all that, but I don't play that internet talk shit when it comes to real life Did situations. Did she apologize after? We 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 made up. It. it was all yeah, good. It was all good. It wasn't, it wasn't even a beef. It's just something you just had to put on the table. You <laughs> had to let it be known that you know what I'm saying. Not even in no 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 uh, indignant way. It's just you know it's 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 protocol. I'm so happy I don't have siblings like right now. Like that's twenty or like you know teenagers. Only because because this era is so weird. Like. Uh, we were, I was looking at, like, comparing, like, photos from, like, when I was 16 to 16-year-olds now. Like, wearing, contouring your face. Like, your your face is beat. You look like a grown-ass woman and doing wild stuff on, on the social media. But, like, all that stuff. I don't know. I'm... You I got mean, that, bro. We did. We did wild <laughs> shit. Everybody do, do wild shit. We just didn't have the internet. Um, yeah. And I understand all that. But I also understand that it's a certain point... When life started to mean something, and that's usually when I come into play, to talking to the youth. You know what I'm saying? Once there's like, motherfucker, understand that shit got to be done, and it's it's things that you had to do, steps you had to take. You know what I'm saying? It's losses you gonna take. It's 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 not gonna be easy. It's not gonna be. You're not gonna be just rich at 22 like you thought. You know what I'm saying? It does happen, but you know what I'm saying for the most part. It doesn't just fall in your lap. At what point do you graduate to the like, to be like at that level where you can now like come at people for, like you know for for like doing disrespectful stuff? 
Because I feel like I'm just not there yet. Like I'm What, not, checking my, people? Yeah. You check people when you're fed up. So <laughs> it depends on... Uh, but what, there's a respect level. I feel like you have... Right now you have like the seasoning in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, that's... It's a claim. You got to stake your claim wherever you at. And you know what I'm saying? So even if I was 20 and somebody was coming at me... You know, there's a certain level where I'm gonna check. I'm gonna res- I'm gonna check my little. You know what I'm saying? My ground. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna stand my ground or wherever I'm at. So, wherever you at at whatever time, you have to f- you have to figure out what things are important to you and and what things you're gonna stand up for. Right. And that's just it. So, I'm sure there there are things where you put your foot down. You know, in in all your different relationships. So, that's how it goes. You at work. There's certain things that you're going to take and there's certain things you're not. Or you're going to get ran over. So you have to be cognizant of where your line at and and what your brand stands for and what are your rules, you know? Yeah, that's true. In the workplace, uh, I like, I didn't have too many damn jobs and shit. So, but when I worked at Vibe, Bevy Smith was... She was like the prototype on standing your ground on your rules and regulations of your brand in the workplace. Nope, that's not going to happen because that's not what I do. And You know what I'm saying? And these are the things that, 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 nope, mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? And it seems odd because, you know, you're here talking to her boss like somebody on the street. But it be real talk. And they have to respect it. And that's why that's when I learned it that when I that's when I learned that you can make your rules, you can make your your boundaries and enforce them, no matter what. Because really, all they they leasing your time, they not leasing your life. So they get eight hours a day of your of your time. Yeah. They don't own your mind. They don't own your life. So you have to figure out what's the boundaries on that and. And play it out. See, with that, I feel like people are like, so I graduated college during the recession, right? Mm-hmm. So I think people now like are, are kind of scared because they went from like, everyone like pretty, pretty much lost their job or even if they got a job right out of college, they got, you know, they got rid of that position just to consolidate. I think, um, I think now like people are kind of scared to like, they're, you know, PTSD, like you're just worried about not having somewhere to a roof over your head if you're like living in a different city and, you know, you might lose your position for speaking up or demanding more pay, you Mm -hmm. know, it's just, it's a weird place that we're in now. Yeah, but shit. That's why there's a lot of entrepreneurs now, you know? Yeah, but shit, I I started a a business in the middle of the recession and failed and bumped my head and fell out and fell down and, and shit, seen the bottom, you understand? But at the same time, since I've seen the bottom, I know there ain't really much y'all can motherfucker tell me, man. So if if you're going against what I feel is right, and I, I, I set my company up in a manner that no one client controls my company. So if I lose one because we're not on the same page and we can't get along, then so hey so be it. I'm not afraid of losing a client because it was a time I ain't had none, none of them. So, so 
you really get clued in when you ain't got shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you look at the real lessons from the recession, you can understand that you still motherfucker sitting here, right? Right. You ain't dead. Right. You ain't it didn't play you all the way out. When you ain't had no job, you ain't you ain't fall out in the did. street. I almost went to law school after that. I was like, listen, I don't even know what that, to do but anymore. But that's a that's a hell of an option. <laughs> yeah. Other than you know what I'm saying, you could have been homeless under the bridge. Right. True. True. But at the same time, you wasn't. True. You know what I'm saying? You could worry about you could worry about that being your lot, but it wasn't. You know. So when people come at you in the wrong way, then and you and you feel like it's not a place where that's that's healthy for you. I mean, I'm saying you gotta be happy every day, but some places become unhealthy, become become toxic for your personal being. Then you might need to be looking for somewhere else to be. Right. You might be looking for something else to do. So again, you go day for day. You out here in the world. The world ain't killed you yet. You make shit happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, I woke up. Shit, I got shit I could do. You know what I'm saying? And you go for them. And you do that shit every day. At a certain on one of them days, something gonna come back. And then you're gonna be like, ooh, I won. Right. And then another thing gonna come, and then you're gonna be like, ooh, I'm winning. And then you take that collective winning and turn that shit into momentum. And then you look around and your life ain't the same no more. You ain't worried about none of that shit what they was talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it is. Is how the fuck far can you get away from the toxic life? And into a life that is productive and positive and reinforcing to your spirit and well-being. Right. And bottom line. And bank account. Right. Bank account's important. (laughs) (laughs) Very important in New York City right now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the whole thing is just don't be scared. Don't be scared of going for the shit you know is right. Your gut tells you, it's like your sixth sense. Your gut tells you, but sometimes we avoid it. Or we're just unsure, which is it's natural, but... You're scared. Yeah. I mean, for me, the biggest biggest decision I had to, made, had to make was I had to leave a comfortable situation in Philadelphia. And I got a job on a Wednesday. I took it. I told them, yeah, I got a, I got a place to live in New York. You know, I moved to New York. I did not. Moved to New York. And, you know, I just went, walked into my job. They gave me the job. I walked into my current job, uh, my previous job, I'm sorry. And I told them, hey, you know, um, I'm done. I'm so you walked, my the last comfortable day. situation was the job in Philly. Yep, yep. And then you found a situation in New York that you lied to get. Yep. I sure and, did. And so you got it, <laughs> but then you had to live up to your life. That's the only reason I didn't get the, I, I was perfect for the job. The only reason I didn't get it was because I didn't live in New York. Right. So, so I then t- you told them, told I live them, in New York. Yep. On a Wednesday. And then I quit on a Friday. I mean, I quit that day. I told my, you know, my last day was on a Friday and then moved on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I'm here now, seven years later. Right. So, I mean, it's like sometimes you just got to do, you got to do it. You, you you have to realize you have nothing to lose unless you have like kids to worry about or, you know. I got kids. I mean, it's just, it's just like for me though to up and just leave, right? And I didn't have that much money, so I had enough to like take care of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just once you realize you really don't have nothing, you're the only one stopping yourself mm-hmm. from doing something great. Well, like, okay, this amount of money can like last me a good month, and I left. <laughs> All right, so for you know your friends and 
the youngins coming behind you. Mm-hmm. What are some of the lessons you've learned from moving out here and, and chasing the things that you're chasing? With some, of, some of the what? Lessons you've learned um, that you can, exp- you know, expound upon. Oh, man, don't live. Live your life like, like it's just like that's it. You, I mean, basically you only have one life. So for me, I always think about, this might sound kind of deep, but like I always think about like people that, are no longer here, right? Like you, you see that rapper that just passed away, mm-hmm. XX Tentacion. You know he had, he was on his way to doing some great things, and that was it, right? I try to live my life like tomorrow isn't promised, and take every opportunity that comes my way. So even if it's like I'm on my way home, I gotta go pack, and you call me up like, hey, come do this podcast, and I'm just like. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I like I I told myself when I was working at a startup company, um, and I wasn't making that much money, and I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna go to every event, and just you know, um, and and try to make the most of it and build my network. So like for my advice to to y'all, like is just to to don't get comfortable and and you know push push to to what you really want because the only person stopping you is you, mm-hmm. you know. And that, that was pretty much my story. I was stopping myself, and now I'm just like, I'm on a roll. You know, once you just get over that that fear, that hump. Well, you were stopping yourself. I was stopping my goddamn self. Nobody else. Just me. The motherfucker in the mirror. <laughs> yep, yep. No doubt. Tell the people where you're going to be. Oh, man. Um, my name where is, they can find you. My, where they can find me. I'm, I'm going to be at Carolina. Um, you can find me on IG. Uh, that's pretty much where I'm always... I'm going to be uh, ambitious, met up, uh, ambitious, spell it out. And then my name, M as in Mary, E-R-E-B as in boy. And, you know, I just want to give a shout out to my artist, Doc Cromwell, Moose Matos, and a shout out to Dio Mata. Um, she just dropped a record. I just want you. It's fire. And Miss Beautiful. So check that out. And that's all aviated people. Yeah. And aviated is what? It's a collective out in Brooklyn. Um it's been like it's been a growing collective, but it has like a bunch of strong women, and um, of course, you know, men in our in our collective as well that do amazing things: fashion, jewelry, design, sing, rap, act, all this, all this stuff, all this and, great stuff. And then y'all like the second generation of the Jadena them people. <laughs> so how that work? Shout out to Jadena and Fear and Fancy. Uh, yeah, no, they're dope, dope, dope uh, people. They're like always. Um, warm and welcoming and always like giving us advice about how to break into the into the world of the but, industry but they occupied the space that you guys live in before y'all get lived in. yeah i don't know i think that's their story that they should tell before. what happens in this house stays yeah, in this house don't, saying, don't, don't even, even saying nothing about this motherfucking house <laughs> you on these podcasts you know? talking too much and shit <laughs> But anyway, y'all can catch her on the Instagram at Ambitious Medab. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can find all her artists on the SoundCloud, Dot Cromwell. Definitely. And, and Moose Matos. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. And shit, y'all, y'all know where to find me. I'm at Instagram, Mr. Muhammad, at Twitter, Mr. Muhammad. And I'll be right back at you next week.
to be in the conversation. conversation.